You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 226 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val, but more to the point, how are you? Oh, we're halfway there. (laughs) How was it? (laughs) It was awesome. John Bon Jovi still has it. In fact, the whole Bon Jovi band still have it. Uh, So I did go to Bon Jovi at uh, the stadium here in Sydney and it was really, really cool. I loved it. Um, as of course I would because I am their biggest fan. You are and sang along at the top of your voice to all the numbers. Of course. And then did you, of course. Did you go back to their room afterwards? Not this no, time. Not this time, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> but in 2002, no, I'm No, kidding. that's uh, there's an entire uh, episode, uh, the uncut version of So You Want to Be a Photographer. Maybe next drinking episode that we do, Val, I might ask again. Maybe. I might even, you know, share the photographic evidence. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't well lit though. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really great. It was really fun. Um and uh yeah, I love them. You know, I'm not afraid to I'm not I'm I'm proud of it. You wear your bogan out and proud, don't you, Val? I do. Mm. I'm I'm more than happy for my inner bogan to come out. Let your bogan shine. That's right. So, yes, that was really fun Um, and it was at the end of a very big day because I actually finished the course that I've been doing. Um, It was the last day of my course, so I graduated and um, I now have a diploma of surface design. Amazing. And, yeah, so that was fun. So we had – you know, last day celebrations. We had to do these presentations and then we had our last day celebrations and then – had Bon Jovi that night, so it was a big day, what big a day, day. Bit tired. And congratulations mm. on finishing your course. I don't actually know how you do it all, Val, and, and get enough sleep and do all that. <laughs> I don't think you do sleep, do you? I don't get enough sleep, so I need to change that. But more to the point, you're the one who has been jet-setting all over the world again. Yeah. Where have you been this time, Gina? I was off in Bali, had a blast, nice. uh, was over there shooting, uh, created a, uh, some tutorials there for the goal community. It was so beautiful. Saw some other parts of Bali that I hadn't been, so I was in some really remote areas. and um, Wow. Uh, loved it, loved it. You know I love to travel well. Yeah, fantastic. And, of course, if you want to check out the tutorials that Gina uh, did in Bali so you can look behind the scenes of her trip and also discover more about the art of photography, have a look at the Gold Community and uh, have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light 
to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Goal community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so now that you're freshly back from Bali, uh, we've got a really cool guest in today's podcast who undertook such a cool project. I just absolutely love this. Do you want to tell us about it, Gina? Yes, so Vijay Brito is uh, an amazing photographer and I I, uh, was introduced to his work when he became uh, a member of the Gold community uh, maybe over a year ago now. And uh, Vijay was out shooting the 100 Stranger projects and he's now on to, I think, I believe his uh, third 100 Stranger project. And uh, Isn't that is cool? How, it's amazing. That's and just, you know, so cool. I, I, I mean, it's commitment. It is. It's not easy to do this because there's all these uh, hurdles that you've got to overcome personally to just approach a complete stranger yeah. and ask to take their picture. So you've got to deal with all your inner stuff and will they reject me? What will they be thinking? So we discuss this in depth in this interview. But what I love about VJ's work is how it's uh, developed over over the the, since he started, uh, how committed he is to the project and the thing that stands out and we've got images, uh, examples of his work in the show notes is he captures something else in the images there is he really and and this is something that is not easy to do and it has to do it's all about vj's personality so not only is he a hundred five hundred percent committed to what he does (laughs) it's like you know he takes uh direction and guidance so well you can say anything to him and he'll go away and and apply that he works so hard to get his shots and he's always thinking about how to improve his shot next time but the fact that he's got this beautiful personality and the way and we also discuss this in in the, the interview the way he humbly approaches people and i think uh that's the one of the the keys to his success and asked to to take their photos and the people respond to something in him and and there is it's like it's almost like he captures their soul in the image the images are alive and that that's and there is a definite style but he's taken this going from shooting strangers just because just because he thought this is a way that I can uh he could improve his skills and he's taken that and he's transitioned now to getting paid corporate gigs and so and we- I love that he 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 did it just because because VJ was previously an IT project manager of yeah. all things yeah. in the health industry from Clarksburg Maryland and uh, he just did this just because and that's really sort of changed the direction of um, what he does now right yeah, and it's fantastic. So, so he really generously shares everything behind his process, what he says to people, how he does it, and uh, I think it's a great interview. So, shall we have a listen? Absolutely. Let's have a chat to VJ Brito. VJ Brito, welcome to the show. How are you going? Thank you, Gina. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm really excited to chat to you today. Before we start, where in the world are you? I am currently in the United States of America in Clarksburg in Maryland. Fantastic. And you, we were just chatting uh, before uh, we started recording. Uh, where were you born? I was actually born and raised and lived my half my life in Mumbai, India. Fantastic. I love that city. It's got so much energy. It, it's Absolutely. just brilliant. Do you go back there? I go there every every year or every you know once in two years. Do you still have family there? Absolutely, yes. A lot of family and friends. Thousands of relatives, I imagine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is very true. All right. Um, 
I love your work. It's beautiful. And you've been doing uh, these stranger portraits. Now, I think we first met via email, VJ. I think you responded to one of my newsletters and uh, that's where you introduced me to your uh, stranger project. And then uh, in the last, I think, year, you've been a member of my goal community. What, What was it that got you interested in photography? Why did you decide... What was it about photography that made you think, I, I want to do that? Well, it was actually, uh, I don't think there was one such day or set moment. It was, a, I guess, a evolution into it, so to speak, because, you know, till 2010, I didn't ever, you know, think about even owning a SLR or a DSLR. I used to have a point and shoot that I occasionally, you know, used Um for like parties and events at the family. And I used to always wonder why my pictures had silhouettes, even though it was completely in the bright, you know, sunshine or in the light, bright lights. Yeah. But I never really figured it out. And then some days I, by a chance, I read a article on exposure triangle and I just was like, wow, these things exist. And I actually had a Kodak uh, point and shoot with some manual settings. Yeah. And I, just went, you know, to the manual and just started jumping. It was nothing creative, just technical. I was just trying to figure out how this thing works. And once I figured that out, you know, I just splurged and I went and bought my D90, the Nikon D90 for the first time. And then I, for the first few days, very excited with aperture and, you know, shutter and ISO and trying to just figure it out. But by trade, I mean, or by profession, I'm a software engineer. So it is all technical for me and it was really important that I figure out how this thing connects. Right. Uh, and then and then from there, I think my camera kind of lay there for a little bit. Uh, I still went back to auto, didn't really try a lot. And then for two years, it just ended up being there. And sometime in 2013, I guess I jumped on the 365 project, which was basically trying to take a picture every day yeah. and trying to find an opportunity for a picture. That's where I think the journey started. And I began just trying to figure out, you know, how to use my whatever little creativity I have on a day-to-day basis to make a picture. That was challenge. And then learning from all these photographers, you know, who were part of that same project on the same website, that was eye-opening. So what sort of That's, things were you photographing then, Vijay, for that three, my, first 365? My first photograph was of a flower, a simple right. flower that yeah. just stood there doing nothing. You know, it was there. I took the shot, centered, right in the middle, no rule of thirds, just a simple color pop. That's what it was. Yeah. And then it kind of progressed into, you know, the the long exposure versus the uh, the motion picture where you just, you know, hold a big shutter and then just move the camera as it's, you know, you're clicking uh Pretty much everything was, I just was loving the experimentation. And that's when I realized that I actually kind of like people photography, but I'm just worried about doing it. What was it? What were you worried about, about the doing people photography? What what was you your know, thought process? It was more when I started, it was more the candid that, you know, I used to think as street photography, where I thought, you know what, oh, I would love to do this moment of, you know, this couple sitting there in the very, very quiet and looking at each other. But I was like, I have to sneak this picture in because they're going to see me. And, you know, what are they going to think? <laughs> it never really occurred to me that I could just ask them, right? Yeah. And somewhere I didn't want to lose the the purity of the moment, right? The moment was there. I want to capture it. But I then realized maybe I could have captured the moment, then gone and talked to them and said, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, I took a picture of you without asking you. But here's a picture. Do you like it? I can share it with you. Uh, but at some point, I think uh, my my biggest inspiration maybe not inspiration the trigger was the picture of the afghan girl the time mag- the national geographic magazine's picture with the afghan girl on the top you know with the green eyes stephen curry yeah stephen curry yeah and i love the picture for what it was but only after reading a little more about it and you know it was not so much the picture the, there are a lot of people with green eyes and you know that look has been replicated so many times now but it was really the story of that girl and you know the the fire in her eyes, right, of all that she has gone through that just came out in that picture. That is what I think was my, you know, I wish I could have a picture like that. And then I saw this group on Flickr, which was 100 Strangers. The idea was to capture, you know, people and talk to them and know a little bit about them. 
So in fact, my first picture, you know, that I did for that project, I approached this lady in the gym. She was, her name is Ariel, and she was at the front desk. And I was always amazed with her eyes. So when I actually, you know, went to her for the first time, my heart beating so, so rapidly, you know, asking her, like thinking, you know, what would she think? Why is this guy approaching me? Why is he asking me these, you know, to be a part of pictures? But she said yes. And, you know, she smiled and said yes. And I thought, you know what, there is hope here. My first picture with her, though, I did ask her to kind of have a scarf around her face so I could only capture her eyes. So that was my first picture for 100 Strangers and kind of took off from there. And and how did you feel uh, in that moment when, when she said yes? Did, did that sort of um, flip your thinking about asking strangers to take their portraits? Yes, it did. And there was something about, you know, it was kind of difficult. It's almost like asking a girl out for a date. But, you know, in a much, it's kind of more weirder though, because no one thinks anything about asking a girl for a date. But when you have to actually ask someone, say, you know what, I need a request and I need to take a picture, that sounds much more weird. Yeah, so, I, I think <laughs> I think people are also nervous about asking girls on a date and it's for the same reason it's like, what, what will they think? But, you know, what I say to people is, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? When you ask Absolutely. someone to take their photo, the worst thing is they, they say no. And, well, then there's always, you know, five billion other people that you can ask, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the other part. I think you you nailed it, Gina. The fear of a rejection or, you know, that someone will say no. And I just realized as time went on, it's nothing personal. You know what? It's very normal for someone to say no to a picture being taken by a random stranger. That is fine. But... I was actually shocked and surprised that many more people, a large majority of the people uh, were more open to say yes than no, you know? So that was for me, as I went about doing the project, I realized that people are, you know, especially when it comes with the intent of they're trying to help you achieve your objectives, people are actually more open to doing it. I've had random people in different places, uh, you know, and I, there are people that I thought would say a no when I saw them for the first time. I kept remembering what you just told me. You know, what is the worst that will happen? Ask, they'll say no, you move on. Yeah. And that was such a lifesaver. It is. Um, so when you did that first sec- session, in terms of your settings, uh, did was that just basic daylight? And uh, how did that look in terms of your technical settings? What sort of lens did you have? How did you light that? I usually, for most of my first round of the 100 Strangers, uh, you know, uh, for the first year and a half, I pretty much used the Nikon D90 uh, with the 50mm, mm. uh, 1.8 prime lens. I did, you know, occasionally try the reflector, but to be very honest, it was more like, let me just put some light with no sense of direction with the reflector. Uh, you know, it was just there when I needed it. But I relied more on the shallow depth. Yeah. And... Uh, went with that uh, so in a sense I also realized as I went along that I was using that almost like a crutch you know because uh, you know sometimes I feel that the shallow depth can hide a lot of deficiencies also because it makes everything look so beautiful yeah uh, uh, but then it came with its other challenges of you know um, focus on one eye the other eye was missing focus so you kind of kept learning as you went along about how you want to uh, use it to your strengths but that was my basic setup it was a shallow depth uh, of field yeah. with the Nikon prime lens. And so just in those early ones, early portrait sessions, when you were working with the shallow depth of field, had you learnt how to move the focus point around? Were you, were you comfortable in doing that? I more relied on uh, recomposing after fixing right. the focus. Interesting. So, yeah, not not the best way to do it. Because yeah. uh, with that depth of field, it it kind of did mess around. You know that 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 tack sharpness was missing, especially on the eyes. And are I you using that. a tripod or are you shooting handheld? I used handheld pretty much because I was on the streets. I was yeah. trying to just get it done quickly. So maybe that was something I should have done. But. And with with those portraits, uh, how many frames were you shooting? I typically. Uh, I kept telling my strangers also that I'm a greedy photographer. So when I found someone that I really thought was standout, I just didn't want to stop. So sometimes it could be 10, 15, 20, 
and sometimes it was many a times in the initial days it was you know a shoot and spray kind of thing just try something something's going to click yeah so there was no real purpose other than capturing this person that i thought looked amazing in front of me or had this personality that just stood out to do the best i could so that i could go back and pick at least one picture that would work yeah it's interesting because i've seen uh the, fr- from the images i'm seeing uh when you're posting them in 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 the gold i i i notice that you're when you find someone that you really like and you really click with, then you're often doing like a complete photo shoot with them where you might be doing more than one setup. And was that often the case? Was was that how the first uh, 100 Strangers evolved? Yeah, I think I started uh, picking up and learning. So I've done this, you know, with each shoot, I come back home, look at the pictures, and I kind of, in my mind, think of how I could have done this better. Great. Uh, and then initially I did have like lots of lot of lost opportunities where I thought, oops, I could have done this a little differently. So I think I started doing this towards the middle of my second for the first round where I said, I'm just not going to leave anything to chance. I'm going to take as many frames as possible so that I have one to pick. And uh, what I have done as I evolved is that as I stop, you know, talk to the person, we start moving around and we'll say, oh, let's try that spot out there. Let's try a different pose. So that kind of evolved over time, Gina. And how so? How does the dialogue go when you're doing a session, and uh, how has that changed, like today, from say when you started? I, do you feel more confident with the banter because you you definitely draw the person out and you capture uh, their personality in the shots, and uh, like it's. It's fairly easy to to nail the exposure and get the image sharp, but it's another thing to draw that person out and capture their personality. So uh, what is it about the sessions that you're doing that, that does that, Vijay? I, uh, so one thing I have realized over time is, you know, people like to help, usually. That's what I learned early on this project is that, you know, so I'll just give you an example. When I began my project, you know, initially it was more like uh, I would approach the person and say, you know, hey, can I, you know, make a request or ask you for a favor? And usually the person would be like, you know, what what do you need? And then I'm more, uh, so I'm doing this street photography project where I, you know, approach interesting strangers and I ask them to be a subject for my uh, camera. And I also ask you a few questions about yourself. And that usually is a kind of the outline of what my my initial, uh, so to speak, script was. But then sometimes I realize that, you know, people uh, like kind of self-deprecating humor. So it would always be like, you know what, I, I'm not weird. Okay, I just look weird, but I'm not really weird. So don't worry. And that really breaks eyes. And people are like, yeah, nah, you don't look weird. And that's fine. And that's, and I'm like, you know, I know I don't look weird. I'm just kidding. And it's and that's where it gets started. And then I will usually have a strong reason why I'm approaching the person. So if I don't feel the conviction in me, it could be anything. It could be the sense of style they have. It could be the hat the person is wearing. It could be the beard. It could be the eyes. But I need to be very clear in my head as to what is it about the person that is, you know, really making me approach the person. Because if I lack that, then my body language shows it. And that's pretty much it. And once I'm once I'm out there, I will. The thing that has evolved over time, though, is I used to start off with the script, and then the, I would click a few pictures, and then you know talk as I go along, and then ask them a few questions. I change that now. What I've done now is that you know I start off with the questions first. So I will sit and talk to them. If they're sitting in a certain place, I'll sit next to them and I'll have a few questions, just random questions, and I kind of draw them into a conversation. By the time the conversation is over, then we say, you know what, I'm just going to do a few test shots first. Just be yourself. This is just test shots. You don't have to worry. And that's how it progresses. And very often the test shots are the real shots. Yeah. But I don't let them know that, you know, yeah. because they start, that's where it is. That's a good technique. So basically you're connecting with the person. You're asking them to help you do something. Mm-hmm. And most people are more than willing to uh, help Absolutely. another person out. So that's that's great, a great observation of human nature. When you're asking the questions about them, are you taking notes? Not really. I don't. I try to remember as much because I don't want to make it look very formal as if, you know, I'm trying to just 
take an interview on the fly. I just want to make it look like a conversation. Yeah. So I do try my best to remember as much as I can. And as soon as they leave, I will start typing it into my phone. Right. But not not in front of them. That's, I don't do that in front of them. That's a good technique, and I love that you are you are asking those questions. And and have you ever changed your mind about a portrait because of something that they've said to you? Oh, I I don't understand, Gina. When you said change my mind, so if you've got a particular when you spot someone, say you see someone with beautiful eyes, and you decide on the shot that you want to do, but then in asking the questions about their life, uh, has there ever been something that they've said to you that you thought, oh, I wanted to photograph the portrait this way before I knew about the person, and now that I've learned about their life, I want to, I'm going to change the way that I photograph them. I haven't, no, I have not done right. that yet. So you've always had, like, you, so do you pre-visualize how your image will look? To a certain extent, with the background and the light, yes. But I also think about this, and I tell them that, you know, I'm working on my photography. Uh, every person is unique. And I start off with, you know, some basic, just to ease them, just let's do a quick shot, you know, and we'll just do a basic uh, headshot. But as it progresses, People are actually, like I mentioned earlier, very open. So they want, you know, they think about when I approach them, you know, once we have the initial conversation, they know that or they think that I know what I'm doing. So they want to be directed, you know, and they will start pulling out poses. And I'm sometimes like, you know what, let's just hold that and we will work through that. And if you want to express yourself through a pose, be free, just do it. And I'll correct, I'll make slight adjustments. I won't change it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're allowing them to get, be, be, be themselves and then if you see something that perhaps doesn't look uh, flattering, you might correct that slightly, but you're not going to put them into a particular pose to start with. No, I will not do that. And that the part of posing is something I started doing more in the round two because someone I, I began reading more on posing and how I can use, you know, hands, for example, yeah. to draw to certain parts or certain, you know, the eyes or, you know, their strengths and to actually use the posing to direct attention to certain places, you know. So that's how it evolved. So in how many have you shot now, the, the strangers? Uh, roughly 200 strangers are already done. Plus, you know, sometimes I had like groups of three or four people, which I shot individually, but around 200 approximately. Fantastic. And so when you first started, you were shooting exclusively with daylight. What are some of the challenges that you found with that? Because I imagine there was um, days when you just found the light and it was all beautiful, but then there's other days when perhaps it's not as ideal. So how quickly uh, was it before you started recognizing what good light was for a portrait and um, what are some of the challenges that you found there? So to be very honest, uh, Gina, I still think I'm learning. I don't think yeah. I have kind of anywhere close to saying that I know what good light is. It's very often after the fact that I realize, wow, this was great light and I need to remember where that was and what the conditions were. Uh, I've done a lot of my pro pro uh, portraits around a similar area. I mean, in the recent past. So I kind of know that area, I think, kind of well. I know what time the light is best in that location and what are the spots where the light starts bouncing off you know the buildings and gives good diffused light uh, but earlier on i don't think i really paid attention to it i read up a lot but i relied mostly on open shade because yeah. i knew and i used to like be scared of shadows you know because everyone says shadows not really harsh light don't use shadows so it was all about soft you know even lighting open shade or maybe uh, the golden hour sometimes mm. it's only now that i realize that you know what you can actually use shadows to your advantage too shadows are a part of what makes a good picture not every picture has to be perfectly soft lit right yeah and so there is there is no technically i guess if you say it, there's no bad light there is light and how you want to use it is what makes it good or bad that is what i think i've realized over time now Right. So in terms of challenges, I mean, you're, you said you were 
working at a certain part of the day. So it's they look uh, a lot of your earlier images look like quite brightly lit. So is that around the middle of the day when you've got some sort of uh, a fair amount of light kicking around? You know, it was like I think more uh, early evenings or yep. late evenings, uh, but in the open shade, yep. and I there was some amount of you know post processing to brighten it up or pick up the light a little after in the post work. But uh, I don't think the challenge that I actually had then was that one. I don't think I had control of the light because yeah. the light dictated what I could do. So yeah. I just had to kind of surrender to the light without having any kind of a say in the matter, you know. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think this is like the best way to learn how to light a portrait because uh, I think uh, what I see a lot of photographers do is because the knowledge is out there, rather than learning how to uh, use daylight, what they're doing is jumping straight into fill flash and then uh, it kind of becomes confusing as you're not really sure what's lighting your subject, what the background's doing, and it's like there is a lot going on in the shot. So I think the way that you've done it and you've evolved from shooting um, with daylight and now you've started adding uh, fill flash to your shots, to some of your shots, uh, I think that's yep. a good way to do it because you're really starting to read the light a lot better. Um, so... The problem with shooting daylight is you're limited. If you have uh, a, a day where it's not as bright, the light, it's going to change everything. And also you were restricted to a certain time of day. And then as the light started to drop, uh, you you couldn't shoot or you couldn't get the look that you wanted. And so I, I know that I've worked with you a lot on uh, pushing you to use uh, fill flash in, in, in your portraits. Uh, uh, talk to us about how like those early uh, attempts at that and what and what your um you you sort of had some reservations about how you could do that on your own and uh, how how we managed to work through that. Yeah, in fact, uh, since you mentioned uh, the challenges, I think for a even I, today, I think if you have to ask me, can I use uh you know off the camera flash or speed light with the with the modifier? I mean, I'm, I would not say that I'm mastering it, but I would feel comfortable, fairly comfortable, you know, uh, just putting a light on a stand and being able to control in some sense and not really completely relying on the the light outside. And I, in fact, you were the first person who helped me with that, Gina, because I remember uh, I had a paid shoot coming up with the CEO of a company and they, they liked my work, uh, but it was all natural light. But she said that she wanted to do it indoors. Yeah. Uh, with with the standard background and I was so freaked out about oh, whether no, I would have I natural light. That freak right? out and yeah. I think it was and, uh, we all we all chipped in in the gold community and uh, helped you through that and we gave you some yeah. I gave you some lighting diagrams and uh, absolutely there was uh, a quite a lot of discussion. I think I was in India at the time when you were doing that. So there was a lot of back and forth and back and forth. And I know. And, uh, and I was trying to get exact, exact. I was trying to, you know, pester you for exact details of where I need to put this light on. Yeah. Where should that person be? Uh, and I don't, you know, uh, to an extent, uh, if I look back on that versus what I can do today with the same light, with the same modifiers, I today I, it's kind of second nature for me for a corporate headshot. Again, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement. But if someone tells me, can I do a corporate headshot with a gray background with the artificial light around, you know, the angle and, you know, with the feathering and all the things that are thrown in, I think no problem. I'll do it. The last time, the first time I did it, I lost a lot of sleep. I can tell you that because <laughs> I was so nervous. It's scary, isn't it? Because it's here's this ah. extra variable. Like you were very comfortable shooting with daylight. You had your spots. But you're always um, limited in what you can do. Yeah, um, it was. And uh, sorry, my phone's got a uh, a life of its own there. Um, you, ah. You're only limited in, in being able, so the daylight photographers can only shoot in a certain set amount of time. And when you want to move and transition into paid work, like the corporate work that you're doing now, uh, you can't tell the ceo that okay we need to shoot at five o'clock outside exactly in exactly. this particular spot so you need to travel for 30 minutes because i know the lighting here so you it, it's it's important that you learn 
those skills in lighting. And so you've been working on that. And how has that now changed the way that you shoot? Like what sort of, uh, you know, opportunities has that opened up for you in terms of shooting opportunities? Oh, well, earlier, like I said, you know, I've kind of transitioned to paid work, uh, which we made, I think we just talked a little before the uh, interview. But basically, uh, earlier, I used to always, the first question when someone said, can you do a corporate uh, pictures for us? I would ask, is it all natural daylight? Uh, Can we do daylight? Can we just do natural light? And my excuse always was that, you know what, natural light just looks better. Let's just do natural light. It was not so much embracing my weakness that I did not really know how to shoot with uh, not an artificial light setup. Yeah. Now it is like I'm almost actually in some cases happy to do indoor shoots with just an artificial light because it's so much easier in yeah. that sense, right? Yeah. Because I just come there, I set up my lights, you we do a test shot, and then you know you just come turning in. I talk to you five minutes, I get you into conversation, click your picture, move on. There's not a lot of variables in that in that sense. So that in a sense is actually easier now then you know a natural light setup where i have to keep changing my you know angles and figuring out the best light now it is much more comfortable in that sense of course there's a lot of room for improvement again i keep saying that because i just feel there is so much to learn and keep doing better yeah but but it is i mean like i said when i compare it to the first time i you know uh, asked you for all that advice and kept bugging you every now and then where should i put this light how much more you know what what should i use should i use window light can i use window light still it was almost like I didn't want to use that artificial light. I just yeah, wanted to were, go back to the next. Yeah, you were resistant yeah. and you were very resistant to do it with your uh, strangers, <laughs> but I, I kept pushing you. And I think what what I love about how you've um, developed these skills is like with the doing that, that first and, and then going into the second 100 Stranger Project, it's like not only did you develop an understanding for – how daylight works but you also develop the skill in shooting people and directing and posing and developing that the art of the I I call it chit chat the small talk that you have with people and also because you're shooting a stranger and you're asking them a favor obviously they're on their way somewhere you need to learn to shoot quickly so I think having developed all of those skills and then when you get comfortable with something it's then uh, and, and that's what I've been doing with you it's like okay I'm going to now add another uh uh we're gonna up your game a little bit so we start by adding uh you've got the the posing down and the the using the daylight now let's work with daylight and a little bit of fill flash and then we take it next level let's bring you inside uh and we started working with the modifiers that you're using and then also reflectors and um so so how how was that experience in terms of like how are you starting to see the light now with with starting with say a and it's a very simple setup that you have isn't it do you want to just describe your uh portrait uh lighting setup when you those run and gun shoots that you're doing what have you got um in terms of gear for that for the for the corp, the corporate shots that I've been doing, which I think, like I said, are much more simpler now. Yeah. I basically I'm using like a collapsible gray background. Yep. Uh, I have a chair which I carry just in case they don't have chairs around lying around there. Right. Uh, I have uh, uh the SB seven hundred from Nikon as yep. a flash, which I use as my primary light. Yeah. Uh, I I use the Westcott uh, twenty eight inch Octobox for yep. the modifier. Yep. Uh, and and the other side, I basically use a, a reflector, uh, 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 sorry, a reflector and yeah. one below at the waist level, another reflector at the waist level. Yeah. And I kind of, I think the Westcott or the flash, uh, the primary light, I almost have it in between the beauty setup and uh, loop lighting setup, kind yeah. of at a 45 degree, you know, at angle next to me, not right above the subject yet, mm. but more to the left of the subject yep. uh, in front of her or yep. them. Uh, and then uh, sometimes I still haven't gotten very comfortable with putting a, a backlight or a background light. Uh, but what I do is for the edge lighting, I use like a silver reflector on the opposite side. So yeah. that gives some sense of edge. And then there's a reflector below. And the only thing I vary is uh, sometimes depending on the face structure of the person, I try to, you know, uh, vary that a little, mostly for women. I will try to have 
like white reflectors on both sides or below and the side for guys if i need to give them a little more of a deeper darker shadows i change that white reflector to a darker or a black reflector yeah. to create like a shadow on the person's faces that's pretty much my simple setup but i rely more again on conversation i try to keep talking and you know chatting and use i think different techniques that i have picked up from your tutorials gina i keep reading up the best way for that first few minutes i'm almost like in their face like almost that you know for the next 5 minutes i am your best friend think about me as your best buddy that you ever know we can talk and we just ha- almost role play that as if we are best buddies yeah and it works or every time that's great because you've got a script that is uh basically your you it's your personality you're not trying to be uh someone else because that then that's not authentic and i think that's the reason that the uh that the models that you're photographing are, are connecting with you so well because you you're putting in that initial work and uh just coming back to your lighting setup uh i think that it's it's incredible what you can do, what you can achieve with a, a very simple kit. So you've got the the Nikon speed light, but it, it, this could easily be done with uh, something like a Yongnuo, which is an eighty dollars speed light, uh, yep. and and then the reflector might cost you another thirty dollars. So a couple of those. So it's a very uh, simple and uh, inexpensive kit that you can do, and like little things like adding the hair light you don't need another flash you can just use a silver reflector in the background so that lifts all of that so with the moving to the page shoots uh how the the so you said that you freaked out for the first one and again it's like when you did the 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 first time you're doing anything of course you're going to freak out you freaked out when you approached your first stranger when you did that first page shoot and the client loved it did that give you the confidence to then start saying yes a lot more often absolutely absolutely the first time because for the ceo i was actually working with her assistant and when i walked in with my bag right and you know based on a conversation they left me alone in a room uh where i could set up and she left for a few minutes and i just kind of mentally i had printouts and i just put exactly what we had talked about yeah just to get it going even though i did not have the confidence yet yeah and when she came back uh, with the ceo she was like wow you kind of have a studio setup already for me it was a very simple setup but when she walked off and when she came back just seeing that things in place gave her the confidence and my first shot for some reason i think with all the settings in place it was just a test shot i had to see your stand you know look smile and clicked and the lighting just you know fit right in i did have the assistant before you know doing a few test shots but when the ceo came in and she just wanted to see how it looked and her reaction just i think that can make a break something and yeah. i think that itself was like okay we can do this and she looked so happy and then she, once that is said then it's a rapport right and then hey you know can we try this can we try this and she's like yeah let's go and she's all gungo about doing stuff and you know she's trying to be and somewhere in my in my head i'm seeing her she's as nervous as i am somewhere because it's not easy being photographed right oh. when people are looking at you and so i mean just looking at her getting so comfortable and relaxed i think that kind of was somewhere for me a game changer as far as my confidence is concerned that's fantastic yeah that's amazing and so what what's really interesting about that is here's this thing this project you did just because just because you wanted to do uh photograph strangers because you love doing the photography and then you started posting those images you're part of a uh 100 stranger group aren't you is that right that's right on mm. flickr that's right right but you're also out there i guess sharing the work the people that you're photographing are seeing your work and then from there it's like a natural progression that people start approaching you to take photos is that right that's right in fact my first paid shoot my first paid shoot was a was a husband of a friend of a stranger i had photographed she liked her picture she put it on linkedin uh her friend saw it and her husband saw it her friend's husband saw it and he wrote me an email saying that i saw this pictures that you did for you know my wife's uh, friend i really like it can you do something for me and i told him that i've never done paid shoots before and he was like that's fine you know what what i had earlier looks nowhere close to what you have and 
And in fact, I'll be very honest, the first shoot I did with him, he told me, how much does he need to pay me? I said, I don't know. You can give me whatever you think is appropriate. <laughs> that was That is where it was. Because I said, you know what you paid the last person. You know these images. I will take whatever you give me. Just because it was, for me, a thrill of doing something that I yeah. love and getting paid for it. That was yeah. my first shoot. And and then they called me again. And then from there on, you know, I just the confidence just kept going up, I guess. Yeah. And it, so it's like your work is your best uh, marketing, isn't it? So you put out good work and let the people come to you. That's absolutely true, Gina. I am kind of pretty self-critical. So I will be very honest when I do something, even with my strangers, for the first few minutes, I love the pictures. Once I put it out there, I'm like, I could have done this a little differently. I just keep obsessing over it, which is good and bad, I guess. Sometimes it's a good thing too, so... I still do that, VJ. So uh, that's, uh, I think, very normal. We all do that. Uh, so that's incredible. And so now you you have a you work full time in in the IT industry, and so this this is something that you're doing as your side hustle. But um, how how do you see this going over the next five years? Have you got plans? I do have plans and you know what we have talked, me and my wife, sometimes we just chat because honestly, a lot of this was possible. Like I mentioned, this is a side hustle I do. I have a full-time job, a pretty challenging one. Can't happen without support at home Mm. uh, because these are a lot of hours that I need to put in extra sometimes, late nights. Uh, My goal though is that I want to continue what I'm doing. Uh, I want to get better, still better at lighting. I want to do things faster in terms of you know getting my getting my processing and edits done sooner yeah. so i have more time yeah. uh also uh the paid work of course i do want to expand my business i want to make i make a decent amount right now uh I, but i enjoy what i'm doing so i want to end up with more shoots you know through the entire years if you may call it and then of course uh, want to expand to a point where i feel that i i can kind of almost live off my income from yeah. photography yeah, that is the goal. Oh, I think that will happen. You've also, I think you've you've uh, I've seen some of your model portfolios. You did you did a, uh, done a few of those, and they're quite beautiful. So there's like that whole area that you can expand into, and and then like the sky's the limit for you. Um, I think your work's beautiful, VJ, and you definitely capture uh, the essence of that person, and 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 that in itself is a skill. And I think uh, full credit to you for putting in the work and uh, developing your skills. And I do appreciate you uh, chatting with us today, and I wish you great success in the future. Thank you so much, Gina. Before you go, I just want to thank you. I know we've done this on on the chat and in, on Facebook, but in person because I think you've been such a great help over the last year. I I do subscribe and you know go and read and to different channels and stuff. But I think with you, the thing is, it's almost like I'm talking to a friend and your responsiveness is so amazing. It's like I have my own personal coach all the time. Hey Gina, how can I set this up? Okay, and Gina is like right there discussing this with me and you know setting this up for me. That's really amazing, and it, it's such a big help, especially like on the days like I mentioned my first shoot. You know that was that's where I realized the value that you bring with this whole setup, and I'm so thankful to have you as part of my journey that you've helped me through, and I look forward to you know being working with you through this next five years or thank, more thank you vj it's like it's my greatest joy seeing everyone um you know progress and uh you know shine as photographers and i've got big plans for you so uh thanks again thank you so much gina i love vj's images and of course you can have a look at them in the show notes which you can find at ginamilitia.com and look up episode 226 but you're right i think that they really do there's just something special mm. about them and i think that that must be something that you get over time after you shoot 100 people by sheer fact that you've done it you know with that kind of level of frequency yes. you're going to get better and better each time so um you know i've i've often said to people well somebody said to me once and i just relay the story is that when people want to pitch a new idea or they want to um you know refine what it is that they're trying to say he has a a 100 coffees rule right. so 
you should have a hundred coffees and over the with like yourself coffee, having coffee with, with no no what, not <laughs> no not not with yourself sit down and have a coffee with somebody where you explain your concept ah, or your idea or your new yeah. business or whatever and at somewhere along that line you will refine it to the point where you've nailed it but you will never nail it if you don't actually go through the process and it's the same it's a similar concept really as the 100 coffees rule except it's you know practice and, with yeah. um and he gets the work out there and he's sharing it and then the yes. beautiful thing that happens is here's this thing he's created from a place of love just because he loves mm. doing it and people yes. notice there's a difference in the energy when you shoot like that and suddenly he's getting approached by corporates who who love, love the style so much that you know we want the same thing for us but we want to pay you yeah. for it so i think there's so many great takeaways yeah. in that interview so uh thanks so much vj and you can check out his work at vjbritophotography.com and uh he's also on instagram uh vjbritophotography so all those links will be in the show notes if you want to check it out and say hi to vj all right. Awesome. I'm a big believer in do what you love and the money will follow. So, you know, VJ is a perfect example Absolutely. of that. So what are you doing in the coming week, Gina, until we chat again? <sighs> what am I not doing? It's just like, I'm like you. There's so much to do, so little time. Yes. So uh, I'm working on a, a big project at the moment. So that, that just going, then there's, uh, we've got CCs for the goal community, creative critiques uh, uh, yep. and lots and lots of other stuff and probably getting ready to uh, head off again at uh, some stage <laughs> very another yes, jet setting trip yes. so it's all wow yeah. so can you tell us night. where so have a little break um, <laughs> and then might, might stop for a few days for the end of year but then off we go again so yeah should be Fantastic. good what about you I just want to get mm. some more sleep. I feel like all I've done is the assignments for this course, but now that that is finally done and dusted, I'm keen to just get some of my time back and I need to tidy up yeah. <laughs> and get some sleep. Anyway, where do we find you online, Gina? You can find Gina? me at ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. So wherever you are, I'm there too, I guess. So, And if you uh, – <laughs> want to be like want to take your work to the next level and you, you want some coaching and some mentoring then check out the goal community i love teaching it it's my happy place so come and check it out there and uh yeah you can see that at ginamilitia.com and just click on join the community and you val you can find me at Valerie Koo on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next Thanks, time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. 